Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show. We'll get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we got a great show for you. We've got Bill Left coming on. He's doing some great things out there. He's the host of Tune In With Me um, on MTV. I mean, MTV. Me, the, the, me, me TV. TV. Yeah. We're giving them promotion now, huh? <laughs> but <laughs> Me TV. Yeah. And we're excited to have him on, talk a little bit about his story, how he got the part, and just see where this goes. So, Bill, welcome to the show. Yes. Hi. Well, Sandy, it's great to meet both of you. Thanks for having me. You know, it's hard to say me TV without. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, me TV and MTV are slightly different, but if they want to show it on. uh, on, on You're fine with that too, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So as you know, it's a tough um, time for entertainers out there. Oh, it is. How has COVID affected you? And what have you done to kind of maneuver through this crazy maze? Well, it's really strange. Um, I was in radio for years and years and years. And uh, my situation at work changed. And I found myself without a job. I had done an episode of a show called Collector's Call for MeTV. I don't know if you can see behind me, but I'm a huge... Uh, toy collector, action figure oh, collector, awesome. collector. So I did an episode of their show and it went really well and they were very, very nice people. And I kept in touch with uh, particularly Mike, the director. Mm-hmm. And he, he sent me a note one day saying, hey, we're working on a project that we really think that you should come in and read for uh, because I, I have like this weird knowledge of all things entertainment from the past. He said, mm-hmm. we're looking for somebody who kind of has that mindset. Oh, wow. So I auditioned for it, and uh, there was a long series of auditions. The process took uh, about a month, and I ended up with it. And the timing was so great because, uh, you know, the, the it's been such a challenging year for so many people. And I think everybody kind of needed to get that that sense of fulfillment that we used to get as kids. You know, you'd, you'd wake up on a Saturday morning, and all three mm-hmm. Netflix had these great cartoons on. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I think for many of us, that was one of the greatest times of our lives. So the, the time just kind of afforded itself to that. Yeah, and like for us, it was, um, you know, we started this show January of 2020. So a couple months before oh, COVID hit. Right. And talk about timing, because we couldn't have predicted this. We couldn't have planned this. We, you know, and our original plan was to do 100 interviews our first year. And you and yeah. as a radio host, that's a tough job to do yep. 100 interviews your first year. And I thought that was pushing it. And then yeah. COVID happened. And I told Sandy, I was like, you know, this may be our year to shine. Yeah. I was like, uh, while mm-hmm. we're trying to launch this show, people that normally would say no to a brand new show might actually say yes. Right. So we stepped it up because we knew artists and entertainers and all that. They're going to need a place to talk. Yeah. And because of that, we did over 300 interviews last year. You tripled your uh, your prediction. That's fantastic. <laughs> yes. But what's funny, no what's funny is it happened. happened in phases because we did a... The goal was a hundred. Yeah. Then right before COVID happened, we were starting to go. We were we started doing it like a Friday, um, yeah. doing two, two interviews each Friday. And and I was like, okay, there's just because we started as a country music interview show. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's just too many of them to, to only do Friday. Right. So we bumped it up to a couple times a week. And I was like, okay, a hundred is going to be too easy. Yeah. So we got, so we changed it to two hundred. Oh, so when COVID happened, we went from a two hundred goal to three hundred goal. Yeah. He did hit that. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, so many bad things have happened in the last year and so many virus related things that were just so unpredictable. But I think the one thing it did was 
it grounded everybody. It made everybody just kind of hunker down in their own living environments. Their houses are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. shows like yours, yeah. like mine, that just, you know, brought a little light to the day. And, and yeah. what's yeah. wrong with that? That's a good thing, right? Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, I don't want people to think that I'm like downplaying COVID because I'm not. Um, right. But, it's but at the same time, lining, you know, five years from time. now. When if we're a size of a Bobby Bones show or a yeah. Ty Bentley or even a Kelly Clarkson on TV type show, right. we will kind of owe COVID that. Yeah, you yeah. know, and it, because again, it, it it grounded everybody enough to where now when we reach out, they had nothing else to do, so yeah. why not? And now because of the base we've built of having people like a Randy Travis, a Lee Bryce. Cassidy Pope, Ed Asner, mm-hmm. and people like that come on the show. Now, even as we start to go back to whatever normal is, yes, we've we have built that base where now our show is credibility. It's so interesting to see the way it was handled by the late night hosts. You know, all of this <laughs> oh, happened so quickly, mm-hmm. and everybody from Jimmy Kimmel to Jimmy Fallon to Stephen Colbert to to, to Seth Meyers, they were forced to do the show in their basements or their attics right. and garages. And it really, it, it changed everything. It did. Yeah, it did. And, you know, it's one of them things. That, one thing I've noticed, too, like with artists, you know, for years, it's a, it's, a, it's a tough industry, whether you're an artist or actor. I think what 2020 has done has put into people's heart, do I really want this? Right. You have right. to re-examine. To re-ex- because, again, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard enough to make it anyway in, in the, those industries. Oh, yeah. Sure. But then COVID really made them say, okay, because I've got friends of mine that that their dream was to be a big artist, but now they're going back to college and all that because they, they just realize, okay, maybe it wasn't as much of a passion as they thought. Sure. So, so I guess the lesson learned is do what you love, find what you love. And if you can pull that off, it's, you know, good for you. It's not a job, is it? Exactly. Right. So when did you know you wanted this to be a career? You know, a lot of people, they always ask, you know, when did you know you want to be an artist, actor, whatever? Um, but I like to know, when did it click that this could be a career? Well, in school, I, I went to, to school to be a screenwriter. I was a film oh, major wow. in college, okay. and I really wanted to write movies and TV shows. And then I grew up in Chicago, and I started going to Second City. Some of my teachers uh, were performers or Uh, worked behind the scenes at Second City, and they kept saying to me, you got a pretty good sense of humor. You should really come and see Second City. And Mm -hmm. I I would sit in, and I started taking classes, and then I started working for them. And that led to a job doing stand-up. I did stand-up comedy for 10 years. And all through that, I kept auditioning for things. I'd get a movie every here and there or a TV show every now and then. Um, Never anything quite like this, though. I mean, (laughs) me is a totally different animal. (laughs) <laughs> but every little, every job you get, I, I think you'll both, I hope you'll both agree with me. Every job you get is like a, a puzzle piece leading to a bigger picture. Oh, yeah. It, it helps you along the way, you know? Mm-hmm. That, that's like with us, you know, when we, we married 18 years ago, she was always this big into music and I was always this mm-hmm. big into motivational speaking. Yeah. And that, and, and I listen to tapes 24 seven, she motive motivation. She listened to music. So when we got in the car, we had to compromise. So we just <laughs> half of my stuff, half of her stuff. And, and I always kind of joke that she brainwashed me in all the music and entertainment <laughs> stuff. <laughs> but as time goes, yeah. we tried different things through the years. And back in 2014, we actually um, started writing songs together. Wow. And then, and then we started a little 
site called New Country Buzz, where we actually got to interview Kelsey Ballerini before everybody knew who she was. Yeah. And, and then I eventually shut that down because it just got so much work back then. Because back then we didn't do a show like this. It was I would do the interview. Yeah. And then I transcribe it. Oh, I hated that. Oh, yeah. yeah we don't that. like transcribing. Yeah. And so I, we, so we shut it down. And then three years later, I'm like, you know, every few months I would look up online and see that the, you know, new country buzz was not taken yet. And I'm like, well, yeah. we need to read it. Finally, I said, you know what? We need to finish what we started. Yeah. So we relaunched in the 2018 of new country buzz and we built that up. Then that led to end of 2019, where I, I told Sandy, I, I think it's time to go to that next level and do a mm -hmm. show. Yeah. And, and I was like, what will the show be about? What will we call it? And I was but, like, what else? The Chris and Sandy show. I like, well, that worked. People don't know who we are. <laughs> I was like, it worked for Bobby Bones and Ty yeah. Bentley and all of them. Uh, I was like, it'll work. And, and we would interview rising artists and so that's what we started from our yeah, base was was rising country artists mm -hmm. and then as we started going it became rising artists then it became artists in general so could we start yeah. getting people yeah. um like jeff coffee and stuff yeah. then it yeah. became an entertainment interview show where we bring on actors mm -hmm. and, and so we're just sitting like you said Every piece that we do has led to where we are today. Stepping and, stones. And little yeah. stepping stones. And now the vision is to be a TV interview show one day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> well, good luck. That's fantastic. Good luck. I hope that happens for you. Oh, well, we appreciate you. it. Now, as you know, chasing this crazy dream, whether you're in the acting world, the artist world, it's a struggle for no matter who they are. Oh, and so take away 2020. It's still a struggle. Um, and I always like to talk about that side. You know, a lot of people, they see the glory of like a Blake Shelton, the glory of a Brad Pitt, the glory of all these entertainers. Mm -hmm. um, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes, not just to get to their level, but even a career level in entertainment. And I sure. always want to talk about it because nobody else does. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell a quick story. I help guide us where I want this to go. And this is a music story, but mm -hmm. I think it fits perfect with acting. It does. Uh, back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, they were full time with music. And I asked Allison what advice she'd give an up and coming artist. I'll never forget her answer. She said, if you can see yourself doing something else, then yeah. please go do that. Um, because if, if all, you know, because if you want this to be a career, everything has to change. She goes, you no longer own your life. Everybody kind of owns a piece of it. Um, your friends and relatives never understand. They invite you to week to wait weekends, to holidays, to um, cookouts, to um and all weddings, but you have to say no when you're in that grind mode. You, I mean, you're all in, you have to do it. You, you can only say yes to certain things that are helping you grow in mm -hmm. your career. Then she said, your family has to sacrifice. They kind of have to kick you out the door and say, um, I, I'm willing to share you with the world. But then she added, but if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go mm -hmm. all in. Because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it what do you think of what she said? Let's talk about that side of it since nobody really does. You know, I was very lucky because um, both of my parents did plays. So they had there oh, was well. a theatrical background there. So they were very supportive. My wife is an actress, so she understands the business uh -huh. a bit, you know. Um, so I was very I was very lucky to be surrounded by people who were both very creative and very supportive. But I do agree with, with what you just said because you you have to be able to call an audible you know you never know it's one of those businesses where everything can be going a certain way 
and then there'll be a change of management or ownership or somebody will come in and decide they want to do 2020. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So I would always, the the advice I always give people is do what you love to do because you do, you only get one chance at it, but be ready, you know, to pivot in a a different direction at any given time because you never know. And I love that advice because, you know, again, we thought the show was going to be one thing and we pivoted and like, like it, the reason we pivoted towards the acting world was what had happened was we, we filled up our calendar in August and mm-hmm. we had, we did 44 interview, music interviews yes. in August. Well, September, a lot of artists started getting gigs again. Yeah. So all of a sudden it was getting harder to book. Right. And I, we got so used to doing so many shows. It's like, how do we fill in the gaps? And yeah. then I was like, I wonder if the acting world would accept us the way the music world is. And well, <laughs> I, I, I would like to think, yes, why not? You know, yep. yeah. you know either, you either have the ability or you don't have the ability. And this really, this, this last year has taught us that anything can happen. You know? <laughs> so true. Yes. <laughs> Most definitely. So, uh, and, you know, speaking on that, you know, again, you know, a lot, so much has happened this last year. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you see it all going? Did, what What do you, I should say, what, what do you think will be the benefit of what all happened that we can take into the future? Well, I, I know like for, if you're looking at our show particularly, mm-hmm. um, because everybody has had to keep a distance, they, they came up with the idea for the show we're doing for Tune In With Me eight years ago. They thought of this idea. Wow. And the timing was never quite right. And then the powers that be at, at, at MeTV said, if there was ever a time that America needed a show like this, kind of a return to those kind of values, this is the time. So wow. their first idea for this was to have a much larger cast and to shoot it, you know, where we're all in, in closer proximity. But just yeah. kind of spread out a little bit. There's only three of us in the cast right now. But our plan is to grow the show, to bring oh, in wow. more. Mm-hmm. to have more of a traditional set where you can interact more right now a lot of it is done on green screen you can't always tell because they you know they've they've worked wonders with that process yeah, this is green screen it, the brick yeah. wall is something else really is it yeah, yeah. yeah. green screen <laughs> so it, it really it shows that if you're creative enough and you want to make something happen you can certainly do it but but we're 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 so waiting for the day when things can return to some sort of normalcy and we can be in the same room together, you know. Just so like, you should, aren't you used to like when you would do radio interviews, the guests would be sitting five feet away from you? Don't you kind of miss that a little bit? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And don't you don't you love see? I can change the green screen. Yeah, you can be anywhere in the world you want to be. Where? What city was that? That was Nashville. Nashville. Oh, was it? Oh, where we want to move. That's to. where we're planning on moving to. Mm-hmm. Oh, excellent. You know, I. I think if you're a country and Western fan, as you both seem to be, Nashville's not a bad place to be. <laughs> exactly. Right. exactly. And, they, and they are, they, they call, a lot of people are starting to call them the next LA because a lot of films are, st- are moving yeah, in that direction. Productions yep. Yep. Now I just said country and Western and I've been told no one says that anymore. It's only country. Can you say something <laughs> or not anymore? I, I think I guess you hear it every now and then, but yeah, it's mostly in your country because yeah. now you got country western, you got country pop, you got country, country rap, rock. country yep. hip hop, country rock, country Christian. Yeah. So now country is so pretty much taking the face of yeah. a bunch of different things because mm-hmm. that's one thing we've loved about country 
is they've accepted all these other genres into the country banner. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So true. Well, then you and the three of us are going to Twitty City at some point. We're going to spend a week at Conway Twitty City. That would be awesome. <laughs> so as as we flip the other way, you know, we talked about the sacrifice side a little bit. Um, what are a few moments where you look back on your career? It could be years ago. It could be recent. That You're like, wow, I got to do that. It's so funny you say that, Chris, because here's what happened. Uh -huh. When I was in school, in my head, I made a little checklist of things that I would love to have happen in my life. And some <laughs> of them are, are kind of common, you know, uh, to, to, to meet the right girl and marry her. I pulled that off. I, I've got two daughters. I pulled that off. Yeah, all right. So you know what I mean. But there were some very unrealistic ones on that list, too. Like I thought, wouldn't it be great to be in a movie someday? What would that be like to be in a movie? <laughs> I've been in a couple of movies. Wouldn't it be nice to have your own TV show where you can kind of do or say whatever you want? I've pulled that off. Um, I'm also a tennis fanatic, and I've been on the state championship team two out of the last five years, the over wow. 40 division. There's a whole bunch of things that I just went, these things can't possibly happen in my life, but what's wrong with keeping a little mental checklist in your head? I've been able to do a lot of fun things. I've been very, very fortunate. Yeah, it's like, you know, our new vision of being a TV interview show eventually, um, like a Kelly Clarkson show. You know, some people think we're crazy, but I'm like, you know what? You, these same people thought we were crazy when we launched this show. Sure. And they're not yeah. thinking we're as crazy now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've got some people that will that reach out to us. And I'm talking people who's um, been in podcasting for three, four, five years. And, and they're like, how are you getting these people on your show? Yeah. I'm like. I don't know. We're yeah, just no, doing just something. Yeah. People are we loving it. Out. And, you know, the best compliment we can get is when a PR company sends more of their people. Yeah, that's right. That's excellent. <laughs> it means you're doing it right. That's great. Because <laughs> we like to have fun. You know, we do, I, yes. I want a conversation. I want a wrong yes. conversation. You know, I, I want to let it go wherever it goes. I mean, I always yeah. have my base. I always have my yeah. base. But you know what? Some, there are some times we get off the off this and I'm like, can you believe it went there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just like we, I do a podcast called the Metro buzz. It's for, specifically for Nashville. Cause we're trying to build a Nashville base as we make that transition there. Yeah. And earlier today I had on that show, a judge from Nashville. Really? So, yeah. Pretty cool. To do what? What was it? What was his topic? Well, it was a her. Oh, a her. She was a mental health judge. Yeah. Yeah. And and the top, but basically that that show I kind of do like this, where I, we get up close and personal with with um, leaders of Middle Tennessee. Yeah. And, yes, and or so just for her to tell about what she does and and see, about that's what's why going this on job Nashville. is so great because every day is different, and I always my heart goes out to people who you go, how are things going at work, and they always go, ah, same thing every day. <laughs> it's kind of jobs. It's it's a you never know who's going to come through the door on any given Exactly. Yes, yeah, so that makes it. Fun. Yeah, that's like it. And things can happen quick because I remember um, I reached out. Uh, this was like on a Friday, a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago. I reached out on um, for tag team the DC Glenn, who was part of tag team the Whoop There It Is guy. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, oh, really? I mean, I mean, if if you can't, if you don't know that song. You were a hermit, basically, in the, in, in, in the night. Yeah. And, I mean, it's everywhere. It was. And I reached out to him on a Friday. He said, let's do it. And I had him on the show that Monday. 
Oh, wow. That's fast. Because I happen to have a spot that somebody else had to move. And I was like, I was, and I told him, I was like, now I have an open spot that just got open. I was like, I don't know if this is too quick for you, but if not, let's do it. And he, he came on. Oh, it was really good. Yeah. And, and then sometimes I'll double book or I book a two two or three shows in a day just because, again, if it's somebody who, because who, you, as you know, you've been in the radio business. If you book somebody, that doesn't mean they're coming on your show. Things happen. Things happen. Right. Yes. So, yes. so I get someone that's kind of big. You know what? I'm going to do two shows that day if I, if I already got somebody in a slot. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys know who Steve Cochran is? Does that name ring a bell with either of you? He's a radio guy. He's been in Chicago for years and years and years. He tells a story. Familiar. A couple of years ago, he had on the last surviving member of the Titanic. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Before wow. she could come on, he had another guest who ran long. So he said to the PR lady for the Titanic, mm -hmm. we got to move you to Monday. There's nothing I can do. And she passed away over the weekend. Wow. Oh, it shows you, sometimes you have to, you know, make it happen. Last yeah. second, but you got to mm -hmm. be careful. And, and 2020 taught everybody, don't wait. Right. Yeah. Now That's is the time. But because one thing I've learned through all this is watching the different industries and all that. And so many things shut down and you don't want to see businesses go out of business, but it, that's just, that's going to be this. There's going to be 30, 40% of, pe of people go out of business. Yeah. But on the flip side, there's going to be a lot of people who's had this dream in their mm -hmm. head mm -hmm. and to compete. And as you know, before the pandemic, almost every industry saturated. I know, yeah. I know people will try to argue with that, but, but so many yeah. industries are saturated. Well, now that person can launch and might actually be able to make it. Yep. Yeah. Let's, let's hope we come all, we all come out of this uh, better. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, that would be would. Awesome. We all deserve it. Don't we? So. Mm -hmm. as a, now, as you know, a lot of people, when they see the person, the actor, the artist, they, they see them. They don't see the teams behind them. And I think the teams never get enough love. No, On our don't. show, they get love. Oh, so if good. you want to take a few minutes, just tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. You know, I am amazed every day at how collaborative the show is. And, and if people see the show, what they'll see is they'll see three people playing a lot of different characters and cartoons in between. But mm -hmm. there's a staff of people whose job it is to take these germs of ideas. You know, we have writers meetings twice a week where we, we pitch new ideas for new episodes. Oh, and wow. it'll be the smallest idea sometimes, you know. And then what happens is somebody will throw another idea out and they throw another idea out. Somebody else comes up with an idea. Then we shoot it. And while we're shooting it, uh, the camera guy will have an idea and he'll go, why don't we do it this way? And then in post-production, the sound guy or one of the technicians will have some ideas. And then when you see the finished product, you go, I can't believe what started out as, boy, I'm hungry, where's my popcorn, became this giant episode, you know? Uh, wow. It's really, wow. it's so much fun to see the, the collaboration of so many different people and everybody throwing in just a little bit every here and there to make the final product. So tell awesome. us a little bit about the team that helps you do that. Yeah. Well, it's it starts out every idea starts out with the writers the writers come in okay. and the, the three of us who perform on the show are also writers but we have some full-time writers too okay. so okay. I'm, I'm sorry say that again sandy oh oh i was just she saying said, okay, okay. Yeah. oh okay sorry i broke up <laughs> there, there's like a half a second lag so sometimes they hear it right there is gotta love video yes. oh yeah oh yeah 
So then from there, we, we do a, a, a meeting similar to this one where there's six or seven or eight of us and we do a read through. And there's always somebody from the legal department saying, I'd be uh, more comfortable if you didn't say this or change the wording on that. We don't want to go to jail. We love what we're doing, but no one wants to go to jail for it. Uh, then it goes down to the director and the technical people who just angles will be used and what will be on green screen and what will be live and, right. and the semantics of sometimes one of us will play more than one character in a scene. So how do we make that look like there's there, there's more people in the room, you know, and everybody who's involved is just so good at what they do. And I, I'm astounded because it's, it's it's I'm so proud to be a part of it. You know, when I first heard the idea for the show um, <laughs> and, and we I mentioned this earlier, but I was one of those kids that got up on Saturday mornings or before school or after school. And I watched shows just like this one. And I always thought that would be the most fun job in the world to just dress up and say, here's Popeye and here's Tom and Jerry <laughs> and have some fun with the other people on the set. And it, it's just, it's, it's so rewarding to be in the middle of all that. Wow. wow. I love that. Awesome. I'm very speaking, lucky. And speaking of teams, you know, we have a third co-host, oh, our, our yes, little nine-year-old that we let come on yes, our show. Yes, his name's Christopher. Yes, I'll go get him. him. All right. He's a new fan of watching oh. your show. He just saw it last week and, oh, and he excellent. was excited. Well, he was like, I've never seen these cartoons before. <laughs> like, oh, this yeah. is good. He likes our cartoons. Yeah. Can I tell you, that's a big part of it too, because we grew up with these cartoons, but then a generation came along who might have heard of Tom Missed and or Looney Tunes, and now they get to see it. The animation is just superb, you know, and we show the best versions. We show these these remastered versions that are so crystal clear that it's real. It's fun to share them with the younger generation. And we've got a almost two year old. She'll be two in on the twenty seventh. Oh, congratulations! That when she gets older, we'll be plugging her into the show. Too. Oh, good. So, <laughs> Christopher, is that you? Yes. Hi, nice Bill. Nice to meet you. How are you? He looks familiar. Yes. You mean, yes. <laughs> Christopher, so, uh, if you want to say I'm much better looking in real life than on the show, feel free. Go right ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, hi, Bill. So, what's your favorite food? What it? What is what? What's your favorite food? My favorite food is key lime pie. Mm. Ooh, mm, nice. What's your favorite food? Mine is pizza. Oh, you can't go wrong with. You know, I'm in Chicago right now. I can text you some pizza if you want some. <laughs> that sounds good. Yes. I'd be proud to. <laughs> and, uh, and you're wa you're watching the cartoons for the first time, huh, Christopher? Yeah. And what do you think? Do you like them? Uh huh. Aren't they fun? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. I love hearing that. Oh, tell them what your favorite one was so far that you watched. Which one was it? Was it the Tom and Jerry? One? It was the yeah. Tom and Jerry. Those guys seem to not get along, and yet they work yeah. together for years. Yes, <laughs> but I like the one when they, they went with, with that baby. Oh, when the they were watching the Yes. Oh, you have very good taste. And that's funny because yes. that was the first one that he got to watch. And, and of course, of all the ones, they're enemies, and the one that they have to work together is the one he saw first. Oh, good. <laughs> good. We learned a life lesson there, didn't we? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> What's your next good. Question? Well, I hope you enjoy the show, Christopher. We, we love making it. Yes. Okay, oh, that's question. so cool. <laughs> now, would you have watched it even if I wasn't going to come on the show? Would you still have watched uh, Tune In With Me? Yes. Oh, good. <laughs> Man of your word. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm okay. So, so, glad. Uh, so, what's your favorite TV show? 
My favorite TV show. You know, do you watch? Uh, I know this is a this is kind of a dark show, but uh, The Walking Dead is my favorite TV show. Oh, wow. I've well, I, well, yeah, but I heard of it. It's of very it. scary. You got to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the Alfred Dark Curse of the Shadows. It's a little bit scary, but not too much. A little bit, though. You're right. I agree. <laughs> so, what is yours? My is SpongeBob. Oh, SpongeBob's the best. You know, he lives in a pineapple under the sea. Yes. I would love to live in a pineapple under the sea. That Me would be too. so much fun. <laughs> and, we gotta and, see if we can find one together and we'll move in that'll be great yes. <laughs> and, and you know what's been cool about our show is since we went to acting world um he watches a lot of nickelodeon shows oh yeah so, so we've been able to bring on like five six seven people from his shows onto our show really like, uh, like who, who have you had on from well, nickelodeon we, well, we had on the blues clues guy josh, uh, josh uh -huh. from blues clues we've had um the uh what's this um they're gonna kill me if they see this um but, oh, the, but several people from side hustle yeah oh yeah 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 that, that that's his favorite favorite outside of spongebob side hustle is his favorite and the we had ally and, and, and he loves ally brooke we had her on yeah so you know yes so we've had a handful and we've got a few more from nickelodeon supposed to oh, be coming on down in the next few months yes so it's, now, it's when, been interesting when my daughters were little they would watch Blues Clues, and there was a guy on named Steve. He was the first host of the show. Yeah. And we had him on our radio show, and I said to him, Steve, even though I was an adult, when they took you off of Blues Clues, it made me so sad because oh, wow. I loved you so much. And he said, yeah, I get that from a lot of adults. He goes, not the kids, but all the adults <laughs> miss me. Bye, thanks. Great to see you, Christopher. Thanks for coming by. <laughs> Take care. Yeah, he loves this part. He's been in almost every episode. You know he's going to take the show right out from under you. You know that, right? Yeah. Oh, he will. And he'll do a better job than us. Probably. <laughs> he wants the show. <laughs> That'll be fine by us. We'll we'll be behind we'll the scenes. We'll hand it over to him. Let him run the show and we'll run the cameras. Yeah. You know what's funny is when they developed the idea for the show, Mm -hmm. They said, this is going to look like a kid show, but we wanted to appeal to the MeTV audience. We wanted to appeal yeah. to baby boomers, the people who came up with these cartoons. And it's so funny how all the baby boomers are watching it, but they're saying our grandkids are watching it or our kids are watching it. And isn't that nice to have a show where everybody can watch it and enjoy it together? It is. Yeah, that's, that's just like, you know, he also likes Full House and we're glad he likes that show. Yeah. But, the, you know, of course, back when I used to watch it, I didn't think mm -hmm. of it this time. But now that I watch it as a parent, I see, I'm like, they really created to have such a smart show. Yeah. They created it no matter how big or little you are. Yep. That show's for you. Yeah. They I did. Agree. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wish they'd have more shows like that. You know, yeah. that would be, you know, it's, I think it's hard to find just the right formula for that, don't you? It is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and who could have thought that you'd use twins as one? Right. Well, oh, yes, for Michelle. <laughs> you know what's funny is on so many of those shows over the years, because of how many hours you could use a little child, they right. almost always had twins. You know? Oh wow. Uh, mm -hmm. they, they did that quite a bit back then. I imagine yeah. they'll do. I don't think the laws would have changed. Do you? Probably, probably not. not. They probably still do. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so if you could co-star with any other actor, dead or alive, who would it be? And what would you want to play? All right. I've loved Tom Hanks since ah. I very first saw ah, him. Yeah. 
on an episode of Family Ties. He played Uncle Ned on a couple episodes of Family Ties. And I just oh, thought wow. he was so great. And I was fortunate enough to interview him a couple of years ago. He was in Chicago. He made a movie called The Road to Perdition. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to interview him for that. Wow. And I told him how much I loved him and stuff like that. And he said, what do you do? He said, other than the radio, what do you do? And I said, well, I've been in a couple of movies. And I told him about the Major League movies because mm-hmm. I, I had a part in the Major League movies. And oh, his wow. eyes got so big. And he went, wait a minute. And he goes, you're the guy in the bleachers who sings Wild Thing. And I go, yeah, how did you know that? And he said, I'm from Cleveland. I'm the biggest Cleveland Indians fan. I've watched that movie so many times. And the rest of the interview was him asking me questions. And I was so so excited by that. And then a couple of years later, we had his son Colin Hanks in because he had done a TV show. And I Mm -hmm. was interviewing him. And I told Colin Hanks that story. And Colin Hanks is holding his head and he goes, you're that guy. He goes, my dad called me right after he left the interview saying, I met the guy from Major League. He was so excited. And I oh, just wow. but your dad's Tom Hanks. What's wrong with him? <laughs> <laughs> who would, who oh, would you rather funny. be than Tom Hanks? <laughs> it's one of the things that where when you're always around it, it's mm-hmm. not like I'm here in Savannah. You know, I've never visited the lighthouse. And then we marry and she moves down here. And yeah. And we got this big lighthouse at Tybee. I've never been in it. Oh, you got to go. So she made yeah. me go in it. And she about regretted that because by the time you get up there, you walk around these steps oh, around yes. it. By the time you get up, you're yes. like, you can't breathe. But <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's, when it's in your own, you for, you you, you don't even think about it. Yeah. He doesn't, I bet he doesn't walk around every day going, I'm Tom Hanks. It just occurred to me. I'm Tom Hanks. But for the rest <laughs> of us, that's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've even reached out to his people. Of course, it's a pass for now, but who knows? One day we'll get him. Yep. Yep. (laughs) You know, the other guy I always wanted to work with, and sadly he's no longer with us, but I always thought that Phil Hartman on Saturday Night Live just had the greatest comedy sensibility of anybody. He was just, he was so good at so many different things. And sadly that never happened. But boy, anytime I see a clip of him, from Saturday Night Live, he just, he, he astounds me at his abilities. One of my faves of late night talk was always Jay Leno. He always had oh, a way yes. that him. you would even, he, I don't care if you're political or not, you have to laugh. Yep. I mean, he, yes. he had a his way delivery was of delivering against great. both sides yep. equally. Because yep. you don't really see that too much out there. It, 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 however you believe, normally you slam it the other way, mm-hmm. you know. But Jay Leno just had this way that you, you could be a Republican, you could be a Democrat, you could you could be um, conservative, liberal. You still loved him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, years ago, before I started doing stand-up, there's a club in Chicago called Zanies. I believe there's one in Nashville, too. Is there not? There might well, be. Maybe it's not there, there anymore. Be. I'm not sure. I think it's still there. <laughs> but I used to go to Zanies when I was in college all the time, and Jay Leno was performing there one night. And before the show, there's a store next door that sold mostly cigars, but they would also sell candy bars and pop and stuff. And I went in just to get something to drink. And he's just standing in there, Jay Leno, before the show, just paging through a magazine. And I said, Mr. Leno, I don't want to disturb you at all. I know this is a big night and stuff like that. And he just looked up and he goes, oh, Mr. Leno, you call me Mr. Leno, like I deserve some respect. And I go, no, I, I have so much respect for you. And he goes, I've reached a certain level when a young punk like you can just walk up to me in a cigar store and call me Mr. Leno. And I just thought that was so funny that he was so loose and fun, you know? Oh, that's awesome. So with him, you do get what you see. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) 
Yeah. That, that's like we've had a lot of people who were on Team Blake of The Voice for Blake yeah. Shelton. And a lot of them will say that, you know, because you, you watch the cameras of The Voice and he's this funny crack up joke guy. And they're, and the people that's been on his team has said said that when the cameras are not rolling, he's the exact same person. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. You would think that almost everybody in show business would be like that because it's such a gift to be involved in this business. Yeah. But sadly, there's people who aren't. So when you can find somebody who is, good for them. That they, they deserve their success. Exactly. Now, this past, I mean, this February, this month, made the six-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story before I ask guests that same question. Because the answer that Kelsey gave us before anybody really knew who she was, um, was almost at a T of what she's living five, six years later. It is. And it's amazing to watch, knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? Well, I sure hope that this show, uh, Tune In With Me, has only been on for three months. But I, I think it has staying power because the shows that it's happened after lasted for years and years. I, I can't compare myself or, or, or the show to Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood or to Captain Kangaroo, but those shows lasted for decades. And right. new would always come on and new watchers, new adults would come on all the time. I, I would love to believe that this show is is still up and running and a big hit in five years. That would that would mean the world to me. Love that. Now yeah. let's look 15 years down the road. I always like to ask this um, question to each guest. And let's say that you're a success on a grand scale. Whatever that looks like, you've made it to the top in your profession. Very yeah. top. If the person you are today could meet your future successful self, what would you want to remind him? Oh, you know, it gets back to um, my philosophy of life, which is, I remember as a kid, older people would always come up and they'd always say, enjoy every minute because it goes by really, really fast. And when you're a kid, you don't believe that. It doesn't <laughs> seem like it's going by fast at all. Every school year seemed like it was three years or four years. And mm -hmm. just to get from the cold weather months to the warm weather months seemed to take forever. But it really does. It goes by so fast. So the advice I'd give myself is, slow down and look around and, and let it all sink in, you know, because boy, if you blink, it just passes you by. We definitely know that. Cause it seems like the other day yeah. that our, I mean, cause we, we were talking the other day, but God, Caitlin's about to be two years old. Yes. This and, Saturday. And, and, and now granted we had kids later than most people. Cause I'm yeah. 49 with and a two year old. And so, um, it's funny, all my friends, they have kids in college and stuff, yeah. and we're really just getting going. But I tell you, it's like these last two years, even through the pandemic, you know, you would think with the pandemic, everything would, you would feel like it's forever to get through this. But well, one thing, Georgia pretty much stayed open. I mean, we yeah. didn't, uh, yeah, we, yeah, we our didn't life have didn't the change. long shutdowns. Like I, some think other we, I think we shut had. down about two months. Yeah, but about two months. We were the guinea pigs. You know, our governor says, okay, we're opening back up, you know, at full within two yeah. months. So we were, I think Georgia was the first state to do that. And, and um, so we've pretty much been, and when we even go back to church and all that, so we yeah. have been living our life, but the time is like flown by so fast. Unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, mm -hmm. uh, our daughters, we I, we have twins. My wife and I have twin daughters and they're okay. 24. And every once in a while, I'll catch myself telling a story about them. And I'll use the phrase, I'll go, my daughters, they're grown up now. And then I, it's hard to get to the next part of the sentence because I go, oh, I don't want to think about that. In my head, they're five or six. 
They're not adults. They're not 24, but they are. <laughs> and that will be that way eventually. Oh, yes. Believe me, it happens overnight. So be careful. Yeah, because we're, yeah. we can't believe we got a nine-year-old. So I mean, oh yes, I'm like, thrown by. And he's wow. talking about he's gonna be driving, and uh, and then we're like, no, yeah, don't be telling him. <laughs> he's already yeah. talking about driving, and we're yeah. like, really driving? Yeah. And then we're like, oh god, he is that close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know what? Though there's there's a writer named Calvin Trillin who wrote years ago. He's got some daughters, and he said. Somebody asked me once, what was the best time for your daughters? And he said, one of my daughters was seven, one was five, and one was two. That was the best. He goes, but then I thought, oh, you know what? It was two years later when one was nine. and one No, you know what? It was three years later. He goes, it's now. Now. the older they get, the more facets they have and the more direction they have. And uh, you, you enjoy them more as people and not just the kids you brought into the world. And I think there's something to that. Absolutely. Yes. All right. So I'll do a yeah. couple of the questions now. So what is your favorite cartoon? I've got a couple. There was a cartoon. Now, we don't show this cartoon yet, but okay. Hanna-Barbera made a cartoon when I was a kid called Johnny Quest. It was on, on Saturday mornings. Yeah. And it was a kid who fought crime, you know, mysterious crimes with his friend and his dad and, and, a, and a helper to the family. And I just thought that that was such a great cartoon. Now, we don't run it yet, but I keep begging. I want to show that <laughs> so badly. Yes. All right. And have you thought about what you would like your legacy to be as an entertainer? What would oh, you like to be known for? What a great question. Um, it gets back to what we were saying a little bit earlier, which is I like to believe that I, there's not that much difference between myself and, and what I play, both on the show and when I was doing the radio show. Um, mm -hmm. I was always proud of somebody who would be nervous to come and meet me if they were listening on the radio. And then when it was done, they'd go, wow, you're the, you're the same guy we listened to. That's that's the biggest comment <laughs> in the world. Yeah. So as um as we start to come to a close here, um, let's say you had a friend of yours and they can act. You know, you watched them on stage and they've got that it factor and they've had they've been maybe a couple commercials maybe they've had a, a scene in a show so they're still trying to get their feet wet on the performance side but they know that this is what they're supposed to do yeah what advice would you give that specific person to kind of help guide them the next couple of years it's really tough because every case is different you know um, over the years, I've, I've made friendships with people who have really done very well for themselves. Um, Bob Odenkirk from Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad has been a friend for years and years. Steve Carell from The Office has been a friend for years oh, wow. and years. So with, with Bob Odenkirk in particular, when we would do stand-up, there were nights where he just did not do well. He, you know, he, he was so high concept in his comedy that a lot of audiences didn't quite understand him. And he'd come off stage and he'd be all upset with himself and stuff. And I'd say, oh, no, it, it, it's so OK to be different. Don't do the same mm -hmm. thing that everybody else is doing. Keep doing it. Whatever's in yeah. here, follow that path and, and look where he's ended up. He's, you know, he's making movies, he's doing TV shows. Jeff Garland is another guy, you know, from uh, the, 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 the Goldbergs. Jeff used to just be like the nuttiest guy in the world. And he would do clubs and, and places and they just didn't understand him at all. And he didn't care as much. He'd go, someday it's all going to make sense. And he was right. You know? <laughs> so the advice is, you know, if, if it feels right to you, don't compromise. Play it out. Let it, let's see what happens with it. 
Yeah, because we had that comedian TJ on uh, uh, last week, and he, oh, we yes. ta he talked about, because I asked him about his bombs. He says, oh, yeah, it happens. He, <laughs> said, he says, on those, he has to, he, he usually asks himself, okay, why did the audience yeah. not like what I thought was funny? And he, sa he, said, uh, he, sa he said, a lot of people don't realize that when you're dealing with an audience, that you have to know the audience before you do the joke. Yes, because, you have to read them. And you have to know what they may like. Mm -hmm. and, and they may even like the same joke, but your delivery may... He said there's so many things that you have to think about when you're on that stage, and you have to kind of get to know them as you go through your routine. Yeah. Well, I, you know, in the 10 years I did it, I learned this very fast. Stuff that works in one part of the country, stuff that works in Boston might not work in, in Nevada. Stuff that works in Texas might not work in, in, in Maine. So you're gauging the audience. And when you're doing a TV show or, or a radio show and you can't see the audience, sometimes that's a little bit more of a challenge. You know, mm -hmm. you're, you're mm -hmm. taking a little bit more of a risk because you don't know what's playing all the time. But, you know, it's funny. It's, it's a football adage. Uh, football coaches always say, you learn more from a loss than you learn from a victory. And yep. on nights and clubs where things didn't go well, you, you know, you could either get upset about it or you could analyze it and go, what if I had done this differently or did this differently? You know you're good because if you do it for, for that long and you're still in the business, something must be working. So you just have to figure out where's the leak in the pipe and put a patch on it. You know, it's like that quote I've heard before where when you win, stay humble. When you lose, don't lose heart. Yes. Isn't that true? <laughs> Because again, that? that's a great. I'm not sure who said that, but I, I've never forgotten that. Because again, it's one of them things where you know. And I remember another quote that kind of goes along with that, where, where how you win shows your character, shows some of your character. How you lose shows it all. Oh, is that true? <laughs> oh, look at me. Where's my Kleenex? I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but I mean, it's just little things that you catch along the way. And it's like, I, uh, and again, it's one of the things that's, you know, because we go through a lot of rejections with the show. Now, it's funny when we first start, started, I didn't get a lot of rejections because, you know, when you're dealing with up and coming people, it's a lot easier to get them on the show. They're, they're less busy. Sure. Um, they got more time. But the higher we go yeah, the higher of the reaching out to people's teams, I'm sitting there. The harder I, it is. <laughs> I get like 100 rejections a month. And I'm sitting there like, are we supposed to even go to this level sometime? And then and then we'll have a Randy Travis or we'll yeah. have a Sarah Evans that we had mm -hmm. or we'll have a this one was surprised me the most. We actually had uh, a week or so ago um, this the former CEO of Chipotle. Really? Yeah. And That's that one. And, and he talked a lot because he had a new book out called um, Love is Free, Guac is Extra. Yes. And really, really great book, a leadership book. book mm -hmm. But he talked a lot about lead really great leadership conversation we have. Really oh, but, but we're sitting there like we're just two little people that people don't know who we are. And we've yeah. got a person worth $285 million right across from us. <laughs> and we're just sitting here like having a conversation and, and, you know, and right now nobody really hangs out with anybody. So I got to thinking, you know, they always say that you are the sum of the five people you hang out with the most. So I'm like, well, sure. we're hanging out with people like him all the time now. Oh yeah. So he was talking about like they recently bought a plane and everything. So wow. fly across the country. But, <laughs> That's so, so it's been interesting. So it's been interesting. And, and again, Sometimes you feel like, okay, I can't break through that wall of that next level. Mm -hmm. And then every now and then there's a little crack or someone like him gets through. Yeah. Yep. So true. Yep. So <laughs> always be ready, right? 
Yeah. yeah you know, that. like they say, um, it's better to be prepared with no opportunity than to have an opportunity not be prepared. Dead on target. Couldn't be more <laughs> true. Because that's what, you know, we've done, I think, around 350 interviews now since we launched yeah, the show. somewhere around there. That's excellent. So we're trying to be prepared for, to go to that next level. So whatever that happens, whenever it happens, I'm like, you know what? You put up, you put the camera up, we're ready. Well, Chris and Sandy, my fingers are crossed for both of you. But oh, Chris, Christopher's going to swoop in if you even blink. So be careful. He, he's, he's ready. Yeah. He said he wants his own it. podcast eventually. He does. So he'll be prepared. So we'll have to yeah. figure out what he'll be good at over the next few years and yeah. get him on camera and let's see where it goes. Yeah. Oh, excellent. That's great. <laughs> and, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today. We so did. you got any final parting words and how can people reach out to you if mm -hmm. they want? Well, all I ask is people watch the show, enjoy the show. It really is. It's a throwback to the uh, the carefree days of watching cartoon shows before and after school and on Saturday mornings. And uh, we're having a great time doing it. It's called Tune In With Me. It's on MeTV. Now, on the two coasts, on the West Coast and the East Coast, it goes from 7 to 8. And in the middle of the country, we're on from 6 to 7. And that's huh. Monday Friday. That, that's kind of weird how it changes up for that. But that's pretty cool, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And like I said, we really enjoyed having you on the show, and we definitely look forward to having you back down the road. I can't wait. I love it. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thanks Our so pleasure. much for your time.